podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers right after the game. Monday Night Football, Seattle prevails 24-3 in New York. Um, Seahawks were dominant on defense. Uh, the, the offense really failed to get anything going consistently, uh, but the defense kind of came through in this game and carried this team to victory. It was a fun game to watch. You'd mentioned in our previous podcast, uh, previewing this game, that uh, this might be a stress-free game to watch, and it turned out it was. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of this offense, but we mm-hmm. did enough to get out of there with the, the double-digit victory that we both predicted. How are you doing, Keith? I'm doing good. Um, this was a good game. Like I know that uh, you, you can go through and you can nitpick the offense quite a bit. I think that um, the Geno injury and um, the offensive line mess. And um, there's some different things in there that um, that created the off- the this offensive performance. But also part of it was that they were just in control of the game. So they were content to um, run the ball, eat the clock, shorten the game. So uh, I feel like that they needed to. If they needed to go down and drive... Um, for points they could have been more aggressive i think they could have been more aggressive the defense was playing well enough this is the game that you could have uh gone for it more on fourth down you could have uh taken some shots down the field uh the the giants ended up with a couple sacks they did have some other pressures um no doubt about it we couldn't really get in sync as far as our run game was concerned uh all night although we did finish with um with some nice yardage and both backs. 21 rushing yards, yeah. Charbonnet and Walker ran the ball effectively uh, as far as their uh, averages were concerned. I think Charbonnet had over six yards a carry and um, Ken Walker was about 4.8. And uh, I thought both both had uh, uh, nice effective runs to extend drives. Uh, we were only three for 12 though on third down conversions on offense. And we allowed six of 16 on uh, uh, defense. But the big, big story out of this game, Keith, is the the pass rush. Um, Seattle only came into this game with six sacks total, left this game uh, with 17, 17 sacks on the season. Yeah. <laughs> right? 11 and, sacks in a game. Yeah, like that's, 11 sacks. I mean, that that's... That's like, I mean, I don't want to say it's unheard of, but man, is it impressive and rare. Um, and you yeah. just go down down the list of it is there's a lot of different guys that got sacks. I mean, Bobby Wagner had two, Devin Witherspoon had two, Jordan Brooks had two, Nuasu had two, um, Mario Edwards had one, Miles Adams had one, Boya Mafe had one, Cameron Young had one. Um, Jordan Brooks, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, it wasn't, this isn't like um, in the the Chargers game this weekend where you saw Khalil Mack get six in a game. This was a just thumping by the entire defense, just 
imposing their will on the Giants offense. And I mean, two interceptions, a forced fumble, 11 sacks. Uh, yeah. Devin Witherspoon is probably going to be the, the lead. Well, if not him, then it will be a Khalil Mack because of the six sacks. But Witherspoon's um, two Complete sacks, game. Uh, six tackles, and a pick six. That was, what, 98 three, yards? three quarterback hits as, as well in addition to yeah. those things. So. Like all, I mean, it, if it wasn't done in a game where a guy had six sacks in a week, um, that would have been uh, defensive player of the week uh, material. I would say at this point it's probably second. Um but damn, that was a performance and by a guy playing his third NFL game. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. You know, the, uh, the defense really came through for the, uh, Seattle in this game because Daniel Jones was still 27 to 34 after all of that. He was 27 to 34 for 203 yards. He had those two picks. Um, but my goodness, you know, if he was allowed to have time, um, you know, his completion percentage was still way up there. He just didn't get the ball down the field. You know, he had two completions or two attempts over 10 yards in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, everything that's else how you end up time. with, that's how you end up with 27 of 34 is that you're that's throwing true. everything it's true. for two yards. Um, I mean, you got to take what the defense has given him and the defense didn't give him anything. Yeah. Um, he also had 10 rushes for 66 yards and three of those rushes were um, for one yard or less, meaning that they were came from him avoiding a sack. Uh, yeah. e this easily could have been 14 sacks if those yeah, guys, Cameron got, Young guys almost got had to one him. there in the fourth yeah, quarter. If guys get to him once, you know, one step sooner, so he doesn't quite make it back to the line of scrimmage, it counts as a, stat, a sack. And I mean, that's how close they were. It was, um, yeah, that was an impressive uh, performance. But it wasn't just the pass rush. I mean, um, uh, Matt Breda, they're running back 14 carries for 30 yards. That's a 2.1 average. Yeah. Right. Well, the backup right. four carries for nine yards is a 2.2. They stopped the run. They forced Daniel Jones to throw the ball. And with that offensive line being as bad as it is, um, the fact that Daniel Jones isn't good and all of that, like it was just, um, yeah, I mean, the Giants scored three points despite having the ball for 36 minutes. Yeah. So what did you think about the um, the Witherspoon interception? Oh, that was nice. Like, um, I mean, it was, um, you know, Daniel Jones trying to get the ball out of his hands super quick because of the pass rush and uh, just... It was ended up being Wither, off Witherspoon target. Witherspoon had that diagnosed big time. Yeah, it was slightly off target, um, but Witherspoon knew it was coming, and he just like stepped in the lane and just took it, and um, and then took it all the way back. But he knew he knew that what was coming. Like you could see it. They're running that slant play. Um, Daniel Jones is trying to trying to get it out uh, with like a, a one step drop pra pra uh, practically, and Witherspoon was just sitting on it. And I mean, that's, that's how you get those yeah. plays. He had a good game. I mean, man, goodness gracious. He had a good game. What a complete yeah, player. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like uh, when, when Adams, the Rick Wollen did have a good game. It was very solid. Almost had a pick. Um, when Adams went out with the concussion, 
We can talk about that in a little bit if we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Devin Witherspoon took it to another level. It's almost like he said, you know, dude, I got you. Um, I know you're not coming back in, but I'm going to run everything that we were going to run for you. We're going to run it through me and, and I'm going to, I'm going to have a great game. And, um, you could just kind of feel that at least I did anyway. And after that, Devin Witherspoon was everywhere. He had, you know, he, he, uh, had some blitzes off the edge, got to the quarterback in that way, almost had another, a third, um, had a, you know, three quarterback hits, uh, all the tackles, the physicality that the pick six Keith, I mean, my goodness. And there were a lot of great players on defense in this game, but Devin Witherspoon stood out like, uh, you know, like you said, could be, um, defensive player of the week. Um, absolutely. We'll see what happens. He looked, um, he looked like a star. Um, and looked like a star. I mean, Jalen Carter lovers, you know, line up because now it's the Witherspoon's show. So he's going to get an opportunity. I think he's going to end up being a great player. I mean, when you really take a look at who has a greater impact on a game week in, week out, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Both good players. I think what Witherspoon's um, got his head on uh, right. And so there's less likely to be suspensions and, and other legal problems or any of that kind of stuff. So I think in the end, like the team decided they didn't, they didn't trust Carter and um, who cares? Witherspoon's been great. Uh, so yeah, it's just been, yeah. um, it's been a fantastic um, draft pick so far. And he did all of that. Like he, they, he's been working out at the outside corner and, because of getting everyone back and, and all the slot guys being hurt, they just moved him over and put him in the slot um, and let Michael Jackson be on the outside. And man, it turned out good for Seattle. I mean, that's an impressive player in a position where um, had an opportunity to really impact a game like this and just completely took over in some ways. You know, everything in this game is going to make Pete Carroll smile and be really happy, except for those third down conversions um, and the ability to continue drives and score points when opportunities exist. Um, You know, if he was to dial up a a formula to win a game, this would be it. Uh, The defensive sacks, the turnovers, um, the the pick six, um, just the exciting big plays, as well as not allowing big plays over the top, not allowing any explosive plays in the running game. You know, Daniel Jones did pick up some third downs uh, with his legs a, a few different times. We talked about that uh, a couple days ago, that he could have, you know, some rushing in this game. But it really wasn't a factor. It wasn't an impact. didn't impact the um, the scoreboard for sure. And then, you know, their, their runners, Matt Breida and, and Robinson and um, and so forth, they were really contained, you know, for the most part. Oh yeah. And, uh, um, on their defense, you know, they didn't allow Dexter Lawrence and, uh, McKinney and Kayvon uh, Thibodeau had two sacks, but that was it. He didn't really have any other impact, uh, in this game. One, and so one almost pick six that he had, yeah, uh, that was a spe- yeah. spectacular. I play. thought Gino was, was kind of off today. He was off today and it's, 
started at the beginning, but it didn't help when he got um that it got injured. And then it was like his mind was not on what he was doing. Like he was going over to the other team to to yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I didn't like that. And, and and that between plays, and it was like okay, that's not necessary. And he's still like going over and pointing at people later in the game. It's like his head wasn't where it needed to be. And I think um, that was part of the problem on offense. I did like what I saw from Drew Locke. I mean, he came yeah, in. Let's talk about that for a minute, for sure. And um, did a good job. Uh, I mean, he was two for six, so that's not great. But two of those came later. But um, but one of those two was that big, huge throw to Noah Fant. Almost yeah. scored a touchdown, you know. So, I mean, he, he got the job done. He led the team on a scoring drive when he had to come in and, and take over for, for a drive. So not much more you can ask for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was, I liked what I saw you two of six and you go, Oh yeah, whatever. But, um, he ran the offense and he got some first downs with his legs and, um, did some good things. And so I think that, uh, overall, like I liked what I saw from him, like him as, as the backup, like he did what you want your backup quarterback to do. And that's come in, not turn the ball over, move the ball, um, at least a little bit and give your team a chance to win. I think he thought he did his job. Yeah. I thought overall the offense was, was disappointing in that I didn't think that the giants did anything to affect our offense per se. They didn't uh, create tons of pressure. They didn't really completely stuff our running game, although we had moments where we we weren't picking up first downs and so forth. But the offense wasn't able to execute, you know, and it came in like after halftime and really needed to put a drive together, had a turnover, had an opportunity, and just went three and out um, with some really bad play calls and bad plays. And it seemed like that, and that was one of the times I'd really noticed that Gino just wasn't in it. I mean, he just wasn't there uh, engaged in, in the offense at, at that moment. I thought, oh, that's not a good thing. Um, and and I thought that they really kind of lucked out in this game in the way that um, the offense just didn't show up and scored 17 points in this game, if you don't count that pick six. And we're very lucky and fortunate that Seattle did have those 11 sacks, did have those three turnovers, kept New York at three points. Um, because if New York w had an opportunity to make a run in this game, um, make this game a little closer, it would have been a very interesting thing. You, you'd mentioned the idea that you thought Seattle could have exerted its will if it needed to or wanted to, 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 go and score on offense. I'm not so sure. Really? I think they could have. I mean, I, I think that, um, they were content to shorten the game with the running game. And even though the running game wasn't doing much, it, they, they weren't, but, but the, the, you said, you say that, but they only possessed the ball for 24 minutes. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, and, and New York had it for 36 and still had all those turnovers. And that's how lopsided it really was. If you think about it, all those sacks, all those turnovers, those three turnovers and New York still had the ball 36 minutes. 
that's how I thought ineffective Seattle's offense was. Um, Seattle could have done a much better job helping its defense win this game, and it didn't. Yeah, true. I mean, I'll give you that. They didn't turn the ball over. That's helpful. Um, I do think that they their hands were tied a little bit. I mean, that's a really good defensive front um, that the New York uh, Giants have. Um, and for them to go in at one point, I mean, for most of this game, Seattle had no starters in their, in their, in their position on the offensive line. They had two backup tackles, two backup uh, or a backup guard. Their center moved over to guard so they could play it, play a backup center. They, there were zero guys of the, on the starting lineup in their natural position. Um, that's, that's crazy. And, and I'll be completely honest as just a person casually watching a game. I don't think that you would have noticed. I mean, the offensive line did a, adequate job to where they weren't the problem i i thought i i would agree with that to an extent but you look at what the the help that shane waldron gave them the number of tight ends that were in um the difficulty the running backs had getting out into uh patterns because they were always helping block um even if it's just to chip someone and and that kind of stuff they they did a lot to help Seattle's offensive line, which makes it harder because now you've got, you know, two receivers out against six guys in coverage. And that's just not going to end well, typically. And so, um, I mean, considering the fact that they had no guy, no starters in their, in their spot um, for most of the game, I thought they played really well, but that's a pretty big, you know, considering, right? Um, no, no, right. And so I think that, uh, this this team needs to get healthy. Um, and now they go into a bye week. Yeah. Just so Um, happens we got to buy. Yep. But to see Haynes and Damian Lewis both carted off, they've already got the two guys out, um, you know, the two tackles and, and any uh, news at all on the severity of Jerron Reed on defense and then. Uh, both those guys on offense. Um, no, as of, as of recording, uh, Pete hasn't come out and given us, us an update on it. Well, we've got some time, so we've got a couple of weeks now. You know, yeah. heading into this game, uh, I thought there was a chance that uh, Charles Cross would would be able to play. They probably cautionarily kept him out, knowing that they had a bye week next week, give him that little mm-hmm. extra time, have him come back a hundred percent potentially. Well, he didn't practice this week, so they listed him as doubtful and not questionable, but he didn't practice all week. So if he's not ready to practice, he's not ready to, um, you know, get out and play. That's that's what Pete Carroll's going to do, because he's always more conservative with that than, than people um, give him credit for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a matter of, I think they felt that they were going to be okay that they had a game plan and that um, Forsyth had done enough the week before that they felt okay not having um, him out there. Now, they were out of offensive linemen at the end of this game. Like, if they had had another injury, they were going to be bringing in, like, uh, Will Will Disley to play play guard. Um, Or they were going to bring in a, you know, uh, defensive tackle. Um, yeah, like Miles Adams, uh, Miles Adams would have to right. come over and, and, and play guard. Um, that's where they were in the depth 
So they need these guys to get healthy. They need to figure this out. They got to, um, you know, <laughs> gotta get some, some healthy bodies in there before the next game. But all of that said, um, the fact that you look at how um, Bradford has played in the last two games, given he didn't get a lot of run in the preseason and kind of was disappointed. We expected him to push for a job and he never really did, but now he's already been thrown in there and he's done pretty well. Although Timmy's looked good. He's done well. Um, both backup tackles have been comp competent. Um, I think we need yeah. to point out like that depth happens because of really good coaching. And after years of watching Tom Cable coached lines in Seattle, the fact that they've got a good offensive line coach that can get good stuff out of guys is um, it's incredible. It's, it's definitely um, something that I'm looking at and going, okay, this is what I wish the CX had had for years. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's um, yeah, I, I really like the coaching job, you know, uh, all, all around. I think Shane Waldron's been really adaptable, um, considering the the challenges that he's had, um, figuring out the the blocking assignments, um, maybe paring down the the uh, the play calling just a little bit to to move the tight ends into thir- you know uh, thirteen personnel um, more often, and uh, have the running backs stay in a little longer than usual, and just kind of disrupts everything. Um, it'd be nice to see this offense really get into a flow, get everyone healthy, have Dariq Young come back, um, potentially after the bye, have uh, uh, D. Eskridge back after week six, and uh, kind of let this thing go a little bit. It just seems like it's just been fits and starts as opposed to something that's just been a machine. And they've had glimpses of, of really spectacular uh, individual performances, but the whole thing really hasn't come together yet. And, you know, last game they scored over 30 points. They scored 24 points here, 17 on offense. Uh, it looked like they left points on the board here. Yeah, obviously, uh, Jason Myers is having issues uh, kicking straight, and um, yeah, the kicks yeah, which I don't understand. Weird. It is. They were coming like, How many times weird. has he pushed that thing this year? Um, I don't know, but they're they were coming off his foot and they're like immediately taking like a right hand turn, like halfway. Yeah. And it was just, it's not like the typical hook that you'll like see a knuckleball kickers. It was, yeah, it was like a knuckleball. It was it's just, um, it's just coming off his foot weird. And, and I, I don't like it. Um, I mean, it was, it was a long kick and they're in New York. The ground was wet and, and, uh, there was some wind, but come on, like, um, he's better than that. And, I just, I don't know what's going on. Um, hopefully they can get him fixed here uh, over the bye week too. So, you know, it's, going back to the coaching thing for a second. So like Andy Dickerson mm-hmm. and Shane Waldron came over from um, from the Rams a couple of years ago. And Dickerson started out as a run game coordinator, moved into that role as um, offensive line coach. And man, you can just, there's just something different. I mean, Seattle really hasn't had a very competent offensive line for a while. You've, you've really paid attention to this. You kind of can mm-hmm. speak to this more than well, I, I mean, can. Mike Solari is known as one of the league's like really good, uh, sure he is. Yeah. uh, offensive line coaches. And that's who Dickerson replaced. And 
but the increase in what you're getting out of guys, especially backups, the fact that they're getting in and, and doing their job and, and looking competent, um, is crazy. I mean, what he's doing, um, is phenomenal. And like I said, and that's compared to a guy, which is known around the league as being one of the better offensive line coaches out there. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say enough about the job he's been doing. I really have enjoyed watching Bradford and Olotimi play. Um, Bradford just really hasn't allowed too many mistakes um, overall. I, I, you know, I don't know what the exact stats are. We don't know what his rating is and pro football focus or whatever. That doesn't really matter. What I'm seeing is a guy that um, kind of has moments where he dominates on run blocking. Um, and then he holds his own on the interior when he's, when he's pass blocking as well. And then Olawatimi, it's so seamless. You barely even know he's in there, you know, that there's, they've made that switch and that transition and he just does such a great job. It's, it's, you know, it's uh kudos to, to Andy Dickerson and, and company, but mm-hmm. those players as well. At this, at this point, um, with all of the, the injuries at guard and everything, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't just put Olawatimi in as the starter um, and had Evan Brown as a guard and just given those guys the reps in those positions at like during practice. Uh, so are you talking about uh, Damian Lewis just, just being out? I was thinking more along the lines of uh, Phil Haynes. Well, I mean, what's going on with Bradford? Field. Um, would you rather have uh, Bradford or Olawatimi in there? Both. <laughs> Honest. Um, Honest answer. Going forward, I think you got to keep Bradford going. I think that, you know, does, here's the deal. Does uh, Phil Haynes or Anthony Bradford give you a better opportunity to run the ball and, and protect your quarterback? I'd say they're, it's kind of a draw, at yeah, least so far playing. anyway. So and give it, to the, give it to the young kid. He's playing. Yeah. That's your future. Now, Oluwatimi mm-hmm. and Brown at, at, at center, that's a different story. Obviously, there's there's intricacies there. There's line calls. Who knows what's going on in the background in, in practice and so forth. But again, here's an opportunity that's, you know, you've got a young player that's the future, obviously. Um, he may end up earning that job, um, you know, o- over time. Not not necessarily because Brown is not doing any anything uh, wrong. It's because Olobatimi is just really solid. And then Damian Lewis has been a little injury prone. And so depending on what this injury is today um, and how long that takes, um, you know, they could have another iteration on this offensive line come, you know, uh, when Cincinnati uh, comes to town. Yeah. I mean, um, you're looking at uh, with Damian Lewis, when he's out there, he's been good. And like, I wouldn't want to be like, you know, to give up on him and just be like, oh, no, we're just no, no, go no, because right. Because you get banged up. Because when he's out there, he's good. But it's nice that you have guys like Evan Brown. Um, Damian Lewis that, is also in a contract year, by the way. I know. I'm just saying it's nice that you no, have guys I, like Evan Brown saying, who, can, who can step in for Damian Lewis when he does get hurt. But but when he's healthy, I'd rather have Lewis in there. Just he's just, He's a really good run blocker and a really good player. So... So, uh, I thought, uh, DK Metcalf had a good game today. 
um, and met, and uh, Tyler Lockett had an okay game. Um, I thought he he played well, and Jigba's still struggling to kind of uh, get open in space uh, and pick up any yards after catch. I know that they're trying to give him opportunities. It's just not working so far. Um, so something well, I mean, to monitor. It's hard to, it's hard to get him the ball when you only have 15 completions in a game 51 total plays run 15 completions yeah i know that's it they completed 15 passes so why i mean we had three turnovers so we had three extra possessions in this game it's 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 just not something's just not well one of them doesn't count because it's it was a pick six um and one of them they got the ball and you know turned it into a quick score so it wasn't like they had a True. full possession it was just like um a little bit there i mean so we also forced five punts though uh, you know i yeah. it's it's just yeah i'm I'm a little frustrated and i don't know exactly the, where to pin it I, although we won this game 24 to 3 i'm not gonna i'm not complaining i'm not complaining love the win love the team effort all that kind of stuff there's just an opportunity, I think, there that we just didn't take advantage of. We could have probably had 40 points on this team. They didn't um, 40 points. That's true, but we had an opportunity to kind of stretch our legs on offense and kind of dial it in and make it work and figure it out without taking too many chances with an and injured, turning the ball over. With an injured quarterback and zero starters on your offensive line, you want yeah. to you want to stretch it out. Well, how injured was Gino? We don't know. But your 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 thought process on the offensive line. Yeah. They've been playing pretty good, actually. They deserve to kind of be on the field a little bit more. I, I don't know. The three of twelve on third down efficiency. Pete's gonna look at that. That's gonna be where he focuses, I think, um as far as tomorrow is concerned. He's gonna want that to improve. Um, he's going to love the defensive effort, obviously. Um, there weren't a lot of plays that that you can look back on and say, oh, I wish I could, we could have that back. Maybe a couple of the Daniel Jones runs, uh, maybe a couple of plays where they picked up a third, you know, third down conversion or something. But overall, they played really well. I, I was a bit concerned about how they handled themselves. You mentioned Geno Smith. I think DJ Dallas got in a couple of uh, pushing things. He got shoved once. I thought yeah. that was egregious. I mean, but, that was that should have been that should have been a flag when he got I think so. uh, when that yeah. happened. Um, I mean, really, to me, it was the it was the Geno stuff that was that bothered me. Um, the DJ Dallas one felt like it was the giant player being in, being mm-hmm. an ass. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, if you look at the one that Bradford got in down near the goal line he had uh the guy with a hold of his face mask and was basically yanking his head off um and so he pushed back as he should i mean uh at some point you're gonna get your neck hurt if you don't get control of that so um i didn't have a problem with that and then the other one was when um gino got hurt because of that really cheap shot tackle and um his offensive lineman came to his defense and that's a, that's a good thing. You want to see that. You want to see those guys come in and and, and stand up for their quarterback. Um, that's a respect. Agreed. Issue. No, so agreed. I, yeah. I other than Geno's, like just taking it to um, the Giants players between plays 
and coming out of, you know, when he came onto the field. And other than that kind of stuff, I, that stuff didn't really bother me this game. And I know it's, it, you might be like, because uh, Metcalf and company had the problems in the first week. And then, you know, there's been kind of that underlying, like, mm, is this going to be a problem? And then you see what's going on here. But overall, like, if I just look at it just this game, Gino's stuff is the only one that really bothered me. Agreed. Yeah. And there were so many other positives. I think that we need to kind of leave it at that. I mean, there was uh, Drew Locke coming in and, and uh, leading a, a touchdown drive uh, when he needed to. And he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't panic. He didn't get, you know, uh, Shane Waldron put him out there right away and, and had six uh, attempts, uh, pass uh, attempts in that drive. He completed two of them, but one of them was that big one to no offense. Um, and then Gino played uh, well enough in in spots to uh, to take care of business. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, avoided some uh, a, a nice uh, sack one time and completed a, a touchdown uh, pass, I believe, as well um, to DK Metcalf, um, where he he rolled out and and um, that was a great pass. That was one of the best passes I've seen Gino make. Mm-hmm. Uh, just threaded the needle right in there on the edge of the. Uh, um, the end zone. Um, and then my goodness, all the sacks, all the pressures, um, when we weren't sacking, we were pressuring. I mean, I'd be very, very curious to find out how many pressures and quarterback hits we had to go along with the, the, um, the, the sacks. I mean, that was a three game total. Um, if I've ever seen one, I mean, that was just crazy. That was crazy. And we'll, we'll see what the, the, um, the final stats come back on pressure rates, but honestly, like um, uh, Aikman was commenting on, on what happened when he was uh, playing. And there was a game when he had 11 sacks and yeah, he made it clear. Like he was yelling at people and he was mad and, and there were a lot of things said and you didn't see a lot of that from Daniel Jones until the end. But honestly, Jones should have been pissed off at the effort yeah. that his teammates gave him. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a thumping, you know, eleven sack thumping, uh, a franchise record, Seahawks franchise record. I think the old record was eight, um, and we had that at the end of the third quarter. Um, remarkable, just remarkable. I mean, it's, it's good to see these guys come alive. I, it was one of my keys of the game um, that I that I mentioned in the preview show was uh, getting to the quarterback, getting the pressures. You'd mentioned pressures is a, is uh, a, a, a you know a a stat basically. And it's, it's just as important. Pressure um, is but, production. If you look at yeah, like passer pressure is production that's, percentage that's and quote. yards per attempt and every stat, every player is worse under like every quarterback is worse under pressure than they are when they have time. Pressure is production. You're making the opposing opposing quarterback worse uh, by getting pressure. How do you, yeah, well, they feel? Still complete no, passes? Gr- sure, but it's still, you're still making them worse. Granted, this was the Giants, and obviously they've got some major problems. They yeah, they, they had a similar outing against Dallas. They had a similar outing against the 49ers. Now the Seahawks did the same thing to them. They've scored, uh, been outscored 63-3 to at home. Um, but <laughs> what do you think of this Seahawks team now, 3-1? and one? I, I like what we're saying. I, I first week had me worried 
but they beat a good Lions team. They beat a couple of bad teams, which you're supposed to do. Now they get into the meat of their schedule when things get hard. And I feel better now than I did after week one, that's for sure. Um, but they need to keep they need to keep going. So they've got a bye week here. Yep, they gotta get healthy. In week five, that's gonna help them get get healthy. Uh, they don't come back and play a game until October 15th. That's um, Seahawks at Bengals. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bengals are currently one and three. Um, then, then the Cardinals come to town. Then the Browns are uh, visiting uh, the Seahawks. And then we're into November and we go to the uh, Ravens, who are also like two win team this, this year so far. A little underperforming. Commanders are two and two. Um, that that's next. Then it's the Rams again. That's a revenge game. Um, I gu- almost guarantee a win in, in that game. And then the and then the schedule gets really hard. Uh, Seahawks, Eagles, Titans, Steelers. Um, that'll be something. Cowboys. Well, first Forty ers Cowboys, then Forty ers again, Eagles. Um, that's going to be something. But you know what? There's a good chance. Right now, looking at this schedule where we are favored in every game until that 49er game on November 23rd. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it comes down like this game against the Bengals. I think, yeah, they're one and three, but um, that's still a, that's still a good team. I think that uh, I think they I think they will rebound um, and and be in a playoff hunt um, down the stretch and. So that's the one where I'm I'm looking at and I'm like, oh, I don't know. But the rest of, yeah, until that 49ers game, they should be favored in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, when that 49ers game comes around, you've got four straight games against probably the three best teams in the NFC. We could be, um, dare I say it, we could be nine and one heading into that 49ers game and the, and the, and the 49ers could be 10 and 0. And that could be epic. Just saying. I mean, the 49ers look unbeatable. I will say that. I watched they, them. They, they look, they look they, really they damn formidable. Good. Yeah. Um, Purdy's the real deal, too. I don't know. I don't care what anybody else says. That guy can throw the ball. He can make the plays. He's competent. He doesn't He doesn't uh, have a jittery bone in him. Mm-mm. So and um, he, he just makes really good, quick decisions. That yeah. offense, um, Shanahan's offense doesn't require him to have a monster arm or do anything crazy. Just run the offense and do what, run it as it's drawn up. Re- go through your progressions and your reads. And yeah, and just it, get the ball it, to McCaffrey. <laughs> get the well, get the ball to the right guy, the white guy, right. guy who's open. And when the guy who's open has the talent of McCaffrey, um, yeah, yeah the big good things are going to happen. I mean, it's a and that defense is that defense is tough. That defensive front is tough. I saw teams moving the ball on them, but they didn't. They they when they have that sense of urgency, they really can turn it on. It's yeah. it's um it's it, they look like Seattle's defense looks like today. Only when they want to turn it on, they just dominate. They they just go from like, okay, we're going to give you three or four yards, march down the field a little bit. We're going to you know we we figure we're going to get a turnover or we're going to you know, sack you on third down and force you into a field goal or whatever. 
That's the kind of arrogance that they have. But on offense, they they can really kind of mm-hmm. zip you really quick. Like if they can get their defense to turn the ball over and give you an extra possession, that that offense can score like 14, 17 points on you in like seven minutes. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. Fun season though. I, I like the what the Seahawks are doing. They're three and one. They should be four now. I they should have came in more prepared for that Rams game. That yeah. just is really unfortunate. That could come back to bite them, especially with the 49ers looking like they're going to be in a position to win this uh, division. That mm-hmm. game is going to be looming large, I think, yeah. at the end of the season. so You've got to keep up, and um, that's definitely set them back. All right. I think that uh, we've wrapped this game up. Um, yep. Keith, the, the the New York Giants, no, they are they are not good. They are they not are good at all. Here's and the they were a playoff that, team last year. Yeah, they their defensive front is still really good. I I like um, Kayvon Thibodeau and and um, uh, the you know the rest of that line. I I think that's a good defensive line. I don't know if there's talent elsewhere on that team. It's not on the offensive line. Certainly not on the offensive line. Um, I mean, Saquon, when he's healthy, but is he healthy? Is he ever going to be healthy again? Um, yeah, I mean. I saw, I, some, I saw some gutsiness out of Daniel Jones tonight. Oh, there was I, felt, a, there I was, kind of felt sorry for him. You know, it's hard to feel sorry for opposing teams and whatnot, but I got to the point where I was like, geez, take him out. Yeah, I was wondering why he was still in there because they were the Seahawks were just killing him. And he wasn't lead, like they weren't coming back, um, and but I you're right. I think I thought he was. I mean, he's standing in, knowing he's gonna get killed, to deliver a pass um, that'll gain three yeah. yards. Because I've that's never all seen the a team field. so defeated, like in the third quarter, um, on a literally a eighteen point game, like seventeen points, eighteen yeah. points. They just knew that they were not going to be able to come back. Yeah, it was an interesting, interesting psychological thing to watch. Yeah, that, that Witherspoon uh, pick six uh, was a backbreaker. Like, yeah, they were done. Yeah. Half the half of those guys would have gotten up and just gone to the locker room if the coach had let them. I mean, all the fans left, so <laughs> um, it's hard to um, it's hard to to blame the players. But yeah, they looked defeated early in the game. Um, and you're right for such a short for such a it's like 17 points at the time, but um, you're saying until you added that caveat at the end, I'm like, well, I can remember one. It was a Super Bowl, and it was the Denver Broncos uh, yeah. who looked defeated in the third yeah. quarter. <laughs> they did that opening opening kickoff return by yep. uh, Percy Harvin. No, 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 Seahawks fan will forget that. That was the greatest moment in franchise history because that was the moment that ensured victory. Um, and so yeah, it was there was very, no, very there was sweet. no coming back. I mean, you had no. the big lead and you'd shut him down, but it was right. like this historic offense and you're worried, like, can the Seahawks keep putting up points because you know Peyton Manning's going to start, you know, lighting right. up the scoreboard. And Percy Harvin was like, no, watch this. And at that point, you're like, all right, this game's over. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun stuff. Start all right. Let's get, let's get out of here. All right. Find Keith on Twitter. You can find him at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. You can find the show at Hawks uh, Seahawks Playbook, um, your favorite podcast platform. 
uh, Spotify, Amazon, um, YouTube now has a podcast available. Um, basically any podcast platform that, that you can choose. And then, uh, we've got our own YouTube channel. If you're watching the show, you know that, uh, if you're not, if you're listening, check out our YouTube channel, go over there, uh, search Seahawks playbook podcast and hit that subscribe button. When you find it, make sure you get our shows in your feed every time we put out a new show and we are trying to do three a week, uh, even in the off season. So stay with us all year. And, uh, and, uh, in the off season, we do turn our attention to the drafts. So we're very draft centric, uh, as we, as we, uh, move through February through uh, the draft too. So anyway, uh, we've, we've had a great, uh, evening and thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And, uh, we'll see you next time. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.